This is Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And in episode 43, we simply lament over the current status of the Hebrew people in westernized culture. So sit back and relax and enjoy the podcast. And while the tone of the podcast is kind of heavy, we want you to understand that the Most High loves you and he will never forsake you. Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. Let's go. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. You know, I was thinking, I'm always thinking. <laughs> I mean, thinking, That's is good. Part, thinking is part of, That's part right. of the, the, the issue. Mm-hmm. But I would really like for those of you that listen to this podcast, if you would be diligent sharers if you think the content that we're providing you is of substance and beneficial to our people, if you would share it with your friends and family members or whatever that are disenchanted with either their spiritual spiritual aspect of life Mm -hmm. and or their historical living aspect of life because we who are in this exile are confronted with and affected by a plethora of issues that the majority of our people do not have a clue to reason why things are the way they are. Very true. Yeah, we've we've come very enamored and numb. And while Sean and I present you with scriptorial backgrounds and backdrops that connect the historical points, which are very important, sometimes we need to get into conversation that is prominent within the confines of what's going on now Mm -hmm. and currently around us that is affecting us and has affected us for a multiplicity of years. Absolutely. And that's what makes, you know, what we're, the work that we're trying to do so very poignant is because, you know, uh, when you look at scriptorial text, uh, especially the writings of Moshe, it is very apparent that the things that Moshe is speaking about, uh, past, present, and future, when I mean present, I mean 2021, are applicable to this day and age. Yeah, and, and not only that, the the words of the prophets ring yeah. loud and clear mm-hmm. in our daily news, particularly when it comes to melanated people and Hebrew Israelites. Yeah. They were talking about the things that were relevant for their particular time, uh, seeing the political issues that were going on and the climate and the community that they were living in and sounding the alarm and saying, listen, which is no different 
then, and again, you've mentioned it several times. We're not trying to sit here and call ourselves something that, you know, and proclaim to have a title, but the same thing that we're doing is the same thing that most of our ancestors did, prophets uh, in specificity, to sound the alarm, to tell people that, listen, there is something coming. Look at all this idolatry that you've just accepted as being normal of your everyday life. And we need to eradicate that and get back to the ways of the Most High. But the problem with the accepting idolatry is the fact that the majority of our people don't even know what that idolatry is. Right. It's become so subtle for us that we don't, we, we, we don't even recognize it. For, for instance, let me give you an example. I do a little dissertation about the days of the week, months of the year. And when you look at the names of the days of the week and the months of the years, they're rooted in idolatry. Go look it up. Go look up what, you know, what January means, what February means, what April, May, all of those, the first six months of the year um, are all devoted to pagan gods. And then every portion of our life, because it's so subtle. Yeah. I mean, when you look up at the stars, you can't look up at the stars and name a constellation without mentioning an idolatrous Greek god. That's because that's all you know. But it's that subtlety that creeps in and says, I'm okay with it. Even though, even though the constellations in the stars, in the heavens, are connected to Israel. Sure. Absolutely. And they're indicative of the 12 sons mm-hmm. of Israel. But mm-hmm. you don't know that. It's, it's not talked about. What you learn about is, oh, look at the, the pattern that they make. And that's what Greek God it goes with. So it's you, you lose all of that because you're, you're living vicariously through a, a Eurocentric uh, lens, lens yeah. that yeah. has no bearing on right. what your ancestors right. uh, uh, laid out as a foundation before you. Right. So it's kind of. Yeah, uh, that subtlety there is yeah, is so, a killer. So, what what I'd like for our our listeners to do, I I'd like for you to one, uh, if you find our podcast of provocative and informative, share it with somebody that you think might be might benefit from it. And secondly, I would really like for you to send us. Yeah. Your questions. Questions. Your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, so that we can we can uh discuss around them because your thoughts and your ideas are very important to somebody else that may have the same idea that needs the answer. Yeah. And should and, be, yeah, apprehensive yeah, and, about it. Yeah. Um no matter what it's about. I mean, it could be about Hey, I have a question about can you guys do a podcast on the Shabbat? I still am unclear about what is work, what is creativity, what what can I cannot do on that particular day from the greatest to the least. Yeah, and also to uh, questions about the feast of the Most High, what we call the Moedims, sure. which are very which are very important to Hebrew Israel. Um, questions about sun 
sun worship. Um, it's very interesting to me that we've come to this point in time in life to going into 2020 and 2022, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm Marty and you the doctor. We'd step into the back to the future. <laughs> Good Molly. Good Molly, no, I don't want to go back to, to 2020. You know what? You know what? There, I'm going to tell a joke real quick. There was a, you know, Paul Mooney, right? Yeah. He says, you know what? I, I'm, you I'm, always want to go, go back when I see these movies that have been putting out on the TV, and and th there's a, there's a little saying about television, right? It tells a vision. Whose vision? Not yours, but going on. Um, they also all these Back to the Future movies and all that stuff. He says, y'all can. Y'all can go to the Back to the Future and all that. She said, I don't want to do none of that. I said, I want to keep myself in 2000 and, and whatever year that he came up with this particular joke. He said, because I go back too far, I might find myself in chains. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, probably threw you off with that one. <laughs> but you know what? We, as... A people, I was reading an article today, and I forget where it was, but a people, our people, had to go all the way to Arabia, mm. Dubai, mm -hmm. to hear the people in Arabia and Dubai say that the people who were Diaspored out of the continent of Africa were the father's Hebrew people. Said that. In Said, that. Hmm. Said that. Now, why can't we accept that? And the point being mm. is it's difficult to accept until you hear it from a people that are also of melanation. Mm -hmm. Because Arabia is, is a brown-skinned country. They're not, those aren't Eurocentric white folks. Mm -hmm. But it is important and it becomes more important every day that we live in this exile to understand the narrative of why things are the way they are. Right. And I don't know, I probably have said this in other podcasts because it's so important and I am so, I'm so <laughs> upset with our black educators who only know black history from Plymouth Rock. Right. They don't make that connection to scripture. It's just, they, they're historians about what happened to us and from that yeah. point but and you're only concerned about listening to a person who has graduated or has some authority of paper behind their name having graduated from some I always get it twisted seminary the seminary and cemetery <laughs> are the same to me right and the seminaries 
are, 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 are cemeteries because all they do is put out people that are groomed for death. That's right. And, and you, you mentioned it offline when we were talking, which is they're seeking their validation from whom they get their degree. It's, 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 because I almost wanted to answer my own question when I said, well, why is it hard for us to accept? When we look at every aspect of life, and don't get me wrong, let me put this big fat disclaimer on this before I say this, because I know people are going to say, oh, you guys are hate mongers and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. That's no, not no, even no, the case at it. all. The The issue is, is understanding the reality of what's happening. Of what's happening. And, and why. And why. And for every aspect of life, for the melanated person in Western cultures, we validate ourselves through non-melanated cultures. When you look at sports, the highest level of sports is validation through a non-melanated group. When you look at film and you look at arts, Grammys, Oscars, you're trying to achieve something by an award that's been established by non-melanated people. Our validation comes from, if, it, if they haven't put their stamp on it and says, you know what? Yep. You guys are the melanated people that are the Hebrews. Most of us here in westernized cultures will not agree with it. It has to be validated by them. Yes. And if it's not, then it's just rhetoric. Right. Which is a shame. Right. Because like you had said, even individuals that are in Arabia that will come and tell you, yes, you, you are, are. You're the father's people. You are the father's people. You won't believe it. Because of the fact that it hasn't had a stamp by another group of people. people that that everything everything is filtered through right. to say it's okay. Right. Well, that's what Hebrews and Exile is all about. <laughs> it's about trying to allow us to begin to open our eyes and once again recognize that on the face of this world, Worldwide, Hebrews people are the greatest people that the Father ever created and made a nation of. Yes, we have stumbled. Mm -hmm. And yes, for the most part, the majority of us are engrossed in idolatry that we don't even know we're mm -hmm. engrossed in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, that not, in it. but setting all that aside, in spite of our flaws and our idolatrous ways that are that are part of our ingrained born DNA, for what you have to realize is that our ancestors, the Hebrew nation that went down into Mitzrayim 70 and came out over 630 plus 30 men plus women and children not mm -hmm. numbered in the 630, almost 8 million people leaving Mitzrayim and, and crossing the Red Sea, going into coming uh, and going into the wilderness to be sequestered with the Most High, spent over 430 years in a place where they knew, they learned nothing but idolatry. Mm. That's right. That's right. So idolatry has been part of the ingrained DNA that is part of our people. However, the Most High birthed us mm -hmm. in that idolatrous place 
And he did it to prove a long-range point. Hmm. He chose he chose Israel to be his wife. He chose Israel. He says, and he says in scripture, when Israel was young, I loved, I loved him. He's talking about, he's talking about the nation. I loved them. When they were first born, I mm-hmm. loved them. Mm-hmm. And he knew what kind of people we were. Sure. Absolutely. And he knew that we were hard-headed, stiff-necked, self-willed, mm-hmm. and very impressionable by other nations. So he warned us mm-hmm. that when I bring you out of this land and I take you to your land, mm-hmm. and when you read the scriptures, the Most High is always talking about taking taking his people to land, never to heaven, right? but always to land. Right. When you get in your land that I'm going to give you, what I want you to do is I want you to depose mm-hmm. all of the people ahead of you that are idol worshipers. And mm-hmm. I want you to take, I want you to destroy them. I do not want you to follow their ways and follow their culture or their ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you your culture. I'm giving your idea, your ideas, and I'm giving you your way of life. This is what you're supposed to do. And anybody that doesn't follow that narrative right. as a nation, I want you to depose them. I want you to get rid of them because they will influence you. Right, right, right. And in this journey, we've talked about this before, Sean, Mm -hmm. in this journey today, to this day, our people do not know how great their ancestors were. And I can't stop talking about this. Yeah. I just absolutely cannot stop talking about it. It's a great appreciation for that. Yeah. We We as a whole people in exile do not understand how great our ancestors were and how powerful a people we were. You don't realize that when we as a people came across land as one force of people, Mm -hmm. nations shook and nations fell feared the very sight of us in the distance. We ain't even got there yet. Right. But, but, and, and the word of us preceded <laughs> us that when we got there, Rahab said in Jericho, the fear of you yes. has fallen on all of us. Right. Right. Exactly. They and, heard, that, mm-hmm. and, and, that, and that narrative lasted for all the duration of time that Israel, mm-hmm. Hebrew Israel, walked in the ways of the Most High. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before in a podcast. Mm -hmm. And our ancestors were wealthy people. They were not poor people. They were wealthy people. And when I say wealthy people, I'm not talking about a ratio, a ratio of what? (laughs) What's the ratio in America? Somebody told me that, well, you know, we have some some very uh, well-off black people in America. Yeah, but the ratio of that compared to the mass. Yeah, it's minute. It's minute. Mm -hmm. But our forefathers as a whole were wealthy people to the extent when the Most High asked them to build the Mishkan and Mashe collected the offerings to do that, Mm -hmm. he told them, don't bring any more. You brought enough. Don't bring any more. And they still had had wealth in in their possession. Yes, they did. 
Absolutely. And we were not and we were not following the culture, nor were we following the narrative of any nation of people. We were being led by our Elohim, and we were being led by people of color. Oh. Mashe, Mashe, Moses was a black man. That he was. True and true. Joshua, Caleb were black men. King David, the greatest king of all, whom the Most High called him his Messiah, the word anointed means Messiah, he said, he shall be my anointed Messiah forever. And he was a great man. That's right. That's right. He anointed king forever. And will remain that way. And will remain that way. Until we return. Yeah. And all of this, again is predicated on, you say, well, you know, we, we've, we've sank to this particular point. Is there a solution? Absolutely. And it's written by it, the greatest prophet. By the greatest prophet of all, Moshe. Moshe in, in, in chapter 30 of Devarim, which is Deuteronomy. If yeah, you read, in chapter 30 and started in, chap in chapter 4 mm -hmm. of Devarim when he lays down and recites the aspects of the misfolks and the commandments that the Most High has given to us for us to live by. Listen. Right. Listen. But see, that's the point. They, they don't make that connection. That's where you get back on your leaders. They, 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 they just won't do it. They can't make the connection because how did, what, what did I open this with? They are the product of two aspects of shepherding. Okay. One is they've been to a Eurocentric sim. Cemetery? Seminary. <laughs> They've gotten their papers from a Eurocentric seminary, mm -hmm. which pushes a, a Eurocentric idea. Yep. And those that they have shepherded, when an individual gets falls out with mm -hmm. where they are and they think they got a little mozzi of learning how to, to oratory and to preach and teach, mm -hmm. they break away and they start their own assembly and they start passing their own assembly without without any just the knowledge that mm -hmm. they've learned from where they were so they perpetuate this seminary idea of influence which is still based on a western idea and a european on a european idea that still has us hebrew people enslaved absolutely very eloquent word cuz it's a very appropriate cuz that's exactly what that is you know and i was thinking the Most High was, was, was talking to me this morning. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, he says, you don't have, you really don't have your own culture. That's true. Your culture is based upon the acceptance of your captors. That's right. You have universities mm -hmm. that you call black universities that are run by black educators, mm -hmm. but the foundation agenda is designed to meet the narrative of white Eurocentrics mm -hmm. because let's take just Harvard, for example. Okay. You okay. go to Harvard, which is a black school, but you get a degree 
and you get it, you get, you don't get a degree. Or to, Howard. Or Howard, I Howard. mean. Howard. Mm-hmm. What did mm-hmm. I say? You said Harvard. Oh. Like Harvard and Yale no, and Princeton. No, no, no. Which no. is funny about those particular schools because those schools were actually, those Ivy League schools were set up originally for individuals that were obviously wealthy, but their, their, their sons and daughters were not that smart. It's now become this Ivy League school where it's become uh, the the pinnacle of education. But how they started out was kind of this sectarian group of people that, you know, I got to send my kids somewhere because they they really weren't up to par with the rest of the people that were matriculating as, as, as quick as they were. But Howard University. But, but getting back to my to my thought. You take Howard University, which is a black a black school. You take um, Jackson. You take a lot of the black schools that are in the South. Mm-hmm. Their educational formats are designed to help black people function and get jobs in white society. It's correct. Yeah. So so, but but then you 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 say, well, we have our culture. So so you have your music. Hmm. Uh? <laughs> Who uh, owns that? Who owns the publishing to that? Uh, you, you, how do you, you how do you get out? You don't. That now you're hitting home on, on on a topic that I can talk for hours about. Yeah, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We go to our black churches, but our black churches historically are the foundation and built off of what our ancestors set outside the windows and doors of watching white people do church. Right. And when we got our own church, we then we began to mimic and do the same thing that they did. And the only thing that we brought in there that's any different, if it's any different at all, mm-hmm. is the way that we sing. Because the Most High has given us this artistic ability to to uh, to 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 sing in a fashion that is distinctly ours. Because our ancestors, that's right, were great musicians a uh, david was a great musician mm-hmm. uh the sons of uh of uh and uh, uh, in, in the psalms the sons and psalms were great musicians and songsters and writers yeah i mean it's this narrative that again getting back to the subtleties of what's happening because when you look at that even that narrative that you talked about because I, I i would go so far as to say that every sunday morning we're practicing slavery we're practicing an element that came out of slavery, out of slavery. We, and we've mastered it to the point to where, again, the subtlety behind what's happening. If you ask the average melanated person, what does there, and I'm talking about Christianity, I got to get on the soapbox real quick. And you ask them the imagery that's being presented to them, they will tell you the imagery is of a Eurocentric foundation, which inherently says that if your Yeshua or your Jesus your God is a person of non-melanation, then anybody else that you look at subconsciously, you're going to deify them as well. So you've never been taught a, a narrative that is true to the form of what's in scriptorial text that connects you back to the most high. And that's the disconnect there. You're always following after and seeking validation from a group of people. You mentioned this before. You said, why in the world would you allow a group of people that hate you write your narrative for oh, you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So why are we as a people 
always seeking validation from a people that doesn't have your interests at heart. But we do it every day because, again, once again, (laughs) once, once again, there is the fear because they have taking taken the mantle that controls our economic survival. Sure. And they control what we do, how we do it. And if we don't do it their way, it's not accepted. And then here we are stranded as not having any economic ability at all. Yeah. Every wealthy black person in this exile has become wealthy by doing it the right way. Correct. And the right way is the white way. Right. Well, and and being accepted <laughs> into that narrative that right. allow that allows you to be able to 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 gain to gain what you what you are what you what you're gaining. Absolutely. I mean, for But go ahead. Go ahead. But but if we and, and you know, I'm I'm going I'm going to go back to Garvey and I'm going to go back to Malcolm X and yep. I'm going to go back to to even Martin Luther mm-hmm. or Martin Luther King and 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 the civil rights movement has done nothing but make it quasi comfortable right for us in this exile mm-hmm. Garvey uh and some others of his of his era were often talking about taking control as a people and if we as melanated Hebrew Israelite people could come back to the order and organization that the Most High has given us mm-hmm. and begin to turn from this idolatrous way and back to him and become a nation of people again. If you think that the movie where Malcolm X went down to the to the prison and the, and the sheriff came out and saw all the people and he said, <laughs> he, said, he, said he said, this is too much power, power for yep. one man. <laughs> right. That was a very pivotal scene in that can you Ooh, yeah. can you imagine if Hebrew Israel in exile would ever unite mm-hmm. as a nation of people in every city that we live in mm-hmm. and begin to follow the ways of the Most High, mm-hmm. realizing that when we do that, the Most High would open up doors and avenues mm-hmm. that you would that would absolutely blow your mind. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. and 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 not only blow your mind, <laughs> but also provide you with the protection against the thing that you fear. Right. That's an aspect that's that's interesting. I was thinking about that this week, and I says, moving on in the future, because you know, when we look at things from a Hebraic perspective, we kind of look at the ancestors. Yes. We look at we look at the, how they live exactly, and we say, okay, well, you know, and obviously. We are progressive people that time moves on. The future, we have technology, we have all these types of things. And I look at, and I got to say, well, I'll make my my disclaimer at the end of this, but I think when Moshe makes that statement in uh, chapter 29 of Devarim that talks That's about- Deuteronomy, by the way. Deuteronomy. It talks about that you will be a greater people. When you get returned back to the land, you'll be even greater in your answers is I think about the nature of who we've been accustomed to is that this group only knows violence. They only know how to take things. And we have the kind of this passive 
kind of turn the other cheek attitude. And I'm saying to myself, the most high is going to step in and provide us with that protection that we need in order to make this transition. And again, I'm going to say this on the tail end of this, is that this is not trying to defamate unmelanated no, people no, or whites. No. This is not, has nothing to do with it. This is, this, the nature of this talk, and I think you share the same sentiment, is that we are trying to bring light to individuals to understand the pride that you need to have, that your ancestors had a Elohim that walked with them, that was prosperous, that provided every single need, that we had our own nation, we had our own land, and we lost that because we fell out of disobedience. And that has been, sub that, that whole entire idea of getting back to that way of life has been sub systematically oppressed. So we cannot return because we're not being taught these types of things. And it's not to attack a, sp a specific group of people, but if you can call a spade a spade, call it a spade. If this is what has happened in the past, and it's of this particular group, then that's fine. Nobody's going to disassociate. And I know that I'm going to get crucified for this. As, well, I probably won't even say it then. But because it's way too volatile. But the issue is that at the end of the day, we're trying to in, uh, empower, provide a sense of pride that has been bereft from melanated black people for a very, very long time because we are continuing to be taught a narrative that is not for you. You know, the Most High says to us, and he gives us some words. Uh, I'm trying to see the text here that I put this in. And it comes out of. Shemot chapter 34. It's in 34. But he says these words, and these are the most important words that I think we should rally around. Okay. It's always good to back it up with scriptorial text. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. This um, is so beautiful to be able to to relate yeah what we're talking about it, it, to what's know, been talked about before in exodus in shemot chapter 34 ah he, he uses these words mm -hmm. he says what i'm going to do through you will be awesome yeah yeah what i'm going to do through you hebrew israelites is going to be awesome right I, I mentioned this before while speaking. I said, there's the great debate nowadays about who's the best basketball player of all time. Who's the GOAT? Is it LeBron James or Michael Jordan? And I said, you look at the stat sheet, you could come up with whomever you feel you choose. But this is the reason why the Most High is reign supreme is because of that statement that you just made. Because no other Elohim has been able to deliver a people 
and give them a nation, make them a nation and a cunt, give them a country. Without even having a land yet. No he other. Mentioned, he mentioned right. them being a nation before he ever gave them a land and told them they were. This statement is made. This statement is made in Shemot. They haven't even gotten to their land yet. Right. But they're a nation that he says to you, I am going to do through you. Well, what I'm going to do through you is going to be awesome. That's right. You look at that statue. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, go ahead. Come on. Come on. Come on. Can the most high lie? No. It's impossible. Can't do it. And as long as Hebrew Israel is on the face of this earth, Mm -hmm. I don't care, even in her idolatrous state, this statement here Mm -hmm. still rings true. Right. And we haven't yet scratched the surface of our awesomeness. That's right. That's right. Because the Most High said he was going to do it through us. Right. Right. And we can't, we can't shout and dance over <laughs> a scenario, some whatever, that looks great for just a handful of us when he's speaking to the whole of the nation of Hebrew Israel. Right. Right. Isn't that silly for us? That's crazy. See, <laughs> I, I'm trying. I I am trying my best. I'm Father Elohim oh, Eloheka. Mm. Elohim, I am trying my best <laughs> to get your people to realize that they have the power to become more than what they are. I'm trying to get them to understand that if they turn to you, they have nothing to fear. That you would be their protector. You would be their covering. That you have always fought for your people. And that you saw in us even though we were born in idolatry and we have this idolatrous DNA, you still see something in us that's worthy of you saying that my eyes are always up on you. The Most High said his eyes are upon you. Jesus Christ didn't say his eyes were upon you. No, he didn't. The Most High said my eyes are always up on Israel and you are the apple of my eye. Hasn't. We are. Yeah. We hasn't. Even in this exile and even in our idolatrous state, in the eyes of the Most High, we are still worth saving. Absolutely. And his plan in the end of days Mm -hmm. is to confirm his word that through you, I'm going to do something awesome. Now, if that right there, you should be shouting, picking a bale of cotton and rolling down the aisle. And you see, <laughs> you see, the problem is, the problem is, is that we've suffered so much in this exile mm-hmm. that all of our songs are songs of the blues. Mm-hmm. All of our worship songs are about he going to bring us out 
and he will, right? Because he's he's the Most High is not a man that he should lie, right? Or a human that he should change his mind. Mm-hmm. And if he's made a covenant, he'll keep it. And if a covenant, his word is his covenant. He'll right. keep. He will keep his word. Absolutely. If not today. And I'm not saying that he's not doing today. It's a long range plan that's going to be fulfilled at the timing that the Most High has. Just like the Most High said to Israel, you're going down, you're going to be in, in Mitzray and exile in Egypt for 400, 400 plus years. On the day, on the day that 430 years came about, the Most High moved Israel out of Mitzrayim and sequestered them in the wilderness and began to teach them a way of life and make them the awesome nation that they were that caused people to fear them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Upon which, by the way, I'm going to speak about the United States for a second. The United States doesn't even come close to what was established. And furthermore, the United States took a lot of their laws from us. From us. So, yes. Let's not just say the the, the United States. The world has taken a lot of their laws from us. Right. You establish your community, your your nation, how it should be governed by the way that the Most High established it from the children of Israel when they were in the desert walking around and Moshe was giving them all of these mitzvot. That's what you yeah, hold yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while you're walking around, while your pastor walking around talking about we ain't under the law. <laughs> and while Creflo Dollar, while right. Dollar's out there preaching the message to say the law, the law is designed for death. While we're not under the law, you have to look at our society and realize the majority of the laws that are made that that govern civilization come out of what the Most High gave Israel. And yes, we are under them. Yep. Every day. Every day. And yes, you commit murder of the first degree and you go to court by the sign of witnesses, you will die. Yeah. That's our law. <laughs> That's our law. Our law says you cannot commit yeah. a person to death except by two or three, three witnesses. witnesses. So you go to court, right. you bring the witnesses into court, they validate that you're a murderer right. by fir- a first degree murder with 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 uh with premeditated thought, you're going to go to jail. Yep. And in the state that you are, if they have the death penalty, you are going to die. That's our law. That's right. That's, That's right. Hebrew law. That's right. You thought about oh where where that jail gummit yeah that see <laughs> see where that jail comes from y'all didn't read about that part about the the city of refuge and and all that kind of oh, stuff they, too oh, oh no that's they 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 <laughs> preach about that but they don't understand the narrative of it right and that and uh, we keep coming back to, to 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 square one with this whole entire education 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 the oppressed please. Please, I can't, I can't impress it upon you enough in this. In, I can't impress it upon you enough. We're not hate mongers. Right. We're Hebrew Israelites mm-hmm. understanding the narrative and plight that our people are under, that the Most High said we would be under because of our idolatrous ways. Yeah. It's time and, to rip that Band-Aid off. Yeah. And and he said, in the, in the place that you have been you have been scattered. He says, it's in that place that you will search for me and you will find me. Mm. He didn't say you would find any other Elohim. He said, you will find me. 
Mm-hmm. And he's here. Not to say that he's a man, but using it as a pejorative no, term, no, yeah. the Most High is with us yes. as in our state of exile. The, the absolute all-existent one, the, the mighty one, mm-hmm. while it is that Eurocentrics want to make you believe that the word El and Elohim means God, it does not mean God because God is associated with that which is idolatrous. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 brought into into existence uh to represent super superhuman super beings and worshipers of of the sun god and helios. No. El Elohim Eloa is a reference to the mighty one or the mighty ones. And there's only one mighty one. Yeah. Shema Israel Oh, I shouldn't say that. Shema Israel. Yahweh. Yahweh. Eloheinu. Eloheinu. Yahweh. Yes. Echad. Echad. That's one. Yahweh is one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, I, I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to say this any different. And, you know, I've come, I've come to an age. I've come to a point in time in my age where I'm so disturbed and I'm so I'm so wishing that when I walk down the street and I see my people, I wish that I could hear them say, Shabbat, Shalom. Yeah. Shalom. And, and, and understand the narrative of which that, I don't know how to put it into words to help us as a people to understand even as splintered as we are mm-hmm. yet how great we are mm-hmm. that if the splinter would come together and make a great big old oak oak tree trunk yeah it could survive it could survive the winds the storms it could it could survive all that it comes against it and in the midst of it all it would be like the tree that's planted by the rivers of water it would stand Mm-hmm. Maybe been, but we ain't breaking. Right. Exactly. Wow. And the problem Pivotal. with this is, the problem with this is that I'm finding is that everything goes well with us until the situation no longer fits our daily situation. And then we fall apart and we go back to being who we were. Right. The Most High did not create Hebrew Israel to be weak. No. They operated by the strength of his divine power. Right. But with the idolatry being a part of us, that divine power has now it is in it is it that the the, the Shekinah is has lifted. Yes, but dormant. while it's lifted, mm-hmm. it sets on people who teshiva and repent and turn back to his way. That Shekinah sets on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I got I got, I got to say it. Okay. Just because you go to church on Sunday mm-hmm. and you jump around, shout, <laughs> and pick a pill of cotton and slobber at the mouth does not mean that that is the anointing of the Most High. Oh, the crunch, crunch, crunch. You see all them toes? I'm going to... 
Go, come on. I'm no, going to ask you a question. Come on. Why would the spirit of the Most High show up in a idolatrous son-worshiping church when he has demanded and he has said to us that the Sabbath is your day, and if you don't keep the Sabbath and worship on the Sabbath, you shall be put to death. So why would his spirit show up somewhere else on a day that he, that he absolutely abhors? Wouldn't. So that's got to be something else. Got to be something else. I don't want to tell you what it is. <laughs> right. That's something else for real. I'm just going to let you go because you know what? You there. You know, but, but with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, the Most High is a spirit that looks at the sincere hearts of people. Mm -hmm. And he works in the midst of the sincerity of people, even though they're idolatrous. Yeah, exactly. Because because, because mm -hmm. he 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 works with them on the basis of the fact that they're sincere and they're ignorant in terms of where they are. Right. 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 Because the thing is, what you don't see, see, studying Hebraically brings you to a whole different understanding of the mindset of the Most High when the Most High says that he's compassionate mm -hmm. and that he's long-suffering and that he's merciful. Those three terminologies mm -hmm. are terminologies that are outside the scope of Eurocentric Greek ideology. Mm -hmm. Because the Greek ideology has you living in fear that you're going to hell. But the Most High never created a hell. If he would have created a hell, it would have written it in the foundation. That's right. Did he forget? He he must have. Did it slip his mind? Did Moshe just, oh, I ran out of ink on the pen. I forgot there's, to write that in there. There's no hell. Right. That is a construct. Think about this. Within the concept mm -hmm. of, of compassionate, merciful, and long-suffering, mm -hmm. what pleasure does a merciful compassionate long-suffering elohim what pleasure does he get out of sequestering a person to a to an inferno that burns with fire forever and ever what pleasure come on come on come on hebrew i want you i want you to think Think. I want you to think logically and intelligently. What pleasure would an absolute, all-existent one who created you in his image and his likeness, what pleasure would he get out of seeing what he has created burn and suffer eternally in a place and an inferno? What, what, what? Come on, what? What pleasure? What Zero. Pleasure? What pleasure? Let me answer that for you. No pleasure at all. He would rather cut you off so you didn't exist rather than to see his creation go through that. Hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, I say all this because I am a person like Daniel who's sitting, reading the scriptures and reading the historical narrative about his people and he's praying, he's praying, and he can't get an answer because his answer is being withheld. Mm -hmm. But Gabriel fights 
for the release of the Prince of Persia to take him, get him off of Daniel's back so that the word that Daniel is praying can come to him and give him the answers that he's looking for. Yeah. I have now arrived yeah. at that point in my life mm-hmm. where I am looking at the historical narrative and I, in this exile, like Daniel was in exile in Babylon. Yeah, so many other of our people, ancestors. I now have mm-hmm. to ask the question. Yep. What about my people? What's going to happen to them? Is anybody else concerned about my people? Is anybody else sounding the alarm to allow my people at least to begin to think about where they are? Is there anybody out there at all of Hebrew persuasion that is walking in truth and out of idolatry able to sound the alarm in Zion and tell my people their sins and explain to them why things are the way they are and give them a roadmap, a direction to the place of safety. Is there one? Is there one? Here am I, Yahweh. Send me. I'll go. Because I absolutely do not care, nor do I walk in fear of any individual who puts his pants on the same way I do. I fear the one who made me, the one who brought me into this world, the one who gives me Numa, breath to breathe and the activity of my limbs to walk and the ability of my mouth to speak Mm. and and I will I will sound the alarm as long as I'm breathing to tell my people their sins try to persuade them to turn back not to God but to the mighty one the absolute all existent one called Yahweh well this has been Hebrews in Exile this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton and this has been Hebrews Hebrews in in exile. Exile Shalom Shalom